today I'm sitting down with Lyle Swithenbank, Pelicans legend, former host of the Sports Ethos Pelicans podcast. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by FBI Basketball. I'm Adam King, your host at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. FBIBasketball.com is the website. Uh, head over there, check out all of, well, all of these shows, all of Matt Lawson's dynasty stuff that he's got going on, WNBA fantasy uh, rankings. He, he does way too much work. Uh, I don't know how he does it all. As I said today, joined by Lyle Swithenbank, uh, fellow Australian, which is nice to, I think, who have I had? Matt Smith and Mitch Casey. So I think the third Australian, oh, and Josh, of course, Josh Lloyd. So the fourth Australian I ever had on the show, Lyle. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I mean, to join names such as that, I mean, I'm, I'm honoured. I'm honoured. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's great to uh, to chat. Yeah, look, so this this one came about pretty quick, actually. I only messaged you today and then happened to be working from home. You're working from home, uh, as, as many of us are doing nowadays, um, and had some spare time. So I, unlike everyone else, I haven't even forwarded you the questions that I'm going to be asking. So... This is really winging it. Um, freestyle. <laughs> we will. Uh, so I guess before we, we jump in, as I said, you you were hosting the Pelicans podcast over at Sports Ethos. Uh, no longer there, but you, you do have some, some future plans uh, for Pelicans-related content. Can you give us any, by the time this releases, you may have already made some announcements, but can you give us any idea as to, to what is... Uh, coming up in the next well i guess for next season yeah well i was with sport that sports ethos as you said for yeah a number of years and then decided uh yeah probably by the time this comes out it'll, it'll be out there but uh yeah i'll be heading out on my own and um and starting my own uh well, podcast i guess and um there'll be a few offshoots of that and so there'll, there'll probably be a, a chain of them that'll come out uh in quick succession but uh looking forward to firing that up there'll be more details i suppose as it all develops, but um, yeah, really excited to sort of just have a crack by myself. You know, it could be boom yep. or bust, but you know, <laughs> got to be in it to win it. Well, that's right. And and look, I think I mean anyone that's listened to your show knows that you know sort of everything there is to know about the Pelicans. So it's not okay. like there's there's plenty of content there inside your head. So it's how it comes out that that'll be up to you. Um, so no, looking forward to the to the new show. So. Uh, the, we sort of lead off these shows usually by just talking about your your journey. Now, now the the people I have been speaking with are, are specifically fantasy analysts, or or some of them do sort of do some gambling stuff as well. Um, whereas you're more of a well, obviously a Pelicans, a team focused kind of content. Um, I know you do dabble in fantasy as well. Uh, so, but in terms of getting, I suppose, to where you are a Pelicans analyst, I suppose. Um, what, what's been your journey to get there? So I actually started in the in the fantasy space. So it started back at, at Sports Ethos doing uh, some of their premium 
fantasy analyst stuff that they were that they were putting out, and uh, that was oh, many a year year ago now. I think it was I mean pre COVID for those uh, playing along, but um, yeah. so it would have been hoop ball back then. Yes, it was. Yeah, with hoop yes. ball. Yeah, yep. so with, with hoop ball, and um, yeah, so started on on the show. Uh, their Thursday show, um, and that was that was good fun. And then sort of expanded. We had uh, an iteration that was on Facebook Live called Saturday Night Lyle that ran for oh, a few few weeks, but um, uh, well, months, I think it was, by the end of it, half a season. Um, and then, yeah, sort of took up the opportunity to move into the team coverage side of things. Uh, they had an opening in the Pelicans podcast. Um, the, the previous uh, hosts had... had given it up and uh they had an, a, a you know a vacancy so i took that up and wasn't a huge pelicans fan honestly to be to be completely honest i, I mean i followed the team but was never you know emotionally invested that perhaps i am a little bit too much now um and i took that over in uh the start of 2020 which um as you can imagine was a pretty average time to take over a team coverage um a podcast particularly because there was no basketball on so it was i think it was the start of april i took it over in in 2020 and uh you know from there just sort of went back and learned about the history of new orleans learned about the uh the history of basketball in new orleans which is it's a really rich history um dating way back before even the, the New Orleans Jazz. We've had teams like the Buccaneers and and uh, through all different leagues that are now defunct and, and throughout history. But um, learning about that and, and also getting to connect with the people of New Orleans, uh, probably more as a, uh, you know, uh, I suppose as a community side of things rather than just a basketball side of things has been really rewarding. And uh, to have now, uh, to be a part of a fan base now and, uh, you know, covering a team with, a pretty exciting future, I think, if we can just stay healthy. Um, <laughs> that's a, the big asterisk. Uh, you know, that's been really fantastic. And, and to have that opportunity to be able to cover that team and, and get ingrained in the community now, particularly from, from Perth rather than in, in the States, uh, that's been really – I've been pretty blessed, I suppose. Pretty, uh, It's been pretty awesome to be part of that community. And, um, you know, no doubt we're looking forward to next season already. Yeah, and it is – I mean for... – I mean, I, I obviously follow a lot of fan bases and you have to when you do fantasy because you have to mm. sort of have a, a sort of a um, a foot in the door of every team. Sure. But the Pelicans fans are quite vocal. Um, yeah, indeed. <laughs> which, which I've seen and quite and, and very passionate. Um, and I think this season was probably a season... I mean, I'm not, not in depth as, as you, obviously, but mm-hmm. I can imagine that there was a lot of frustration Um this season with, with how everything unfolded and where they were sitting, I think, 1st of January, they were number one in the West. And then, yeah, when I was there. <laughs> and then, as we know, they did not finish number one in the West. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we tend not to do too much basketball talk, but mm. I, I, I want to because I've got you on here and yeah. you, you know about the Pelicans. So, I guess looking ahead, um, the big, well, the the question every anyone whether they follow the Pelicans or not is Zion, and yeah, of course, um, and whether well whether he can get healthy, whether he can stay healthy, um, is his I guess he the the question a lot of people ask is to do with his build and and hmm. how um, how sustainable is his production in relation to 
his physical, his size and the way he plays the game and that sort of thing. I guess, what are your thoughts looking ahead to next season on, well, Zion and, and the Pelicans? Look, he came into this season in the best shape he's ever been in. He, he was was pretty well publicised that, uh, well, with the year that he had before with the broken foot, uh, which just refused to heal. And, and it's pretty common with, um, with those sorts of injuries that he had uh, with the stress fracturing in the pinky toe. Um, he came back in and just looked magnificent from what I've been told. Uh, like was, yeah, and took a little bit to get going. I think the first oh, maybe five, six games, he was pretty, um, you know, a bit up and down. He's scoring on about 20-odd points, um, just trying to get his rhythm back. And then probably that tear through November, December, he just went absolutely ballistic. He was... Uh, after it, well, he got knocked out the air, landed on his tailbone, was out for a couple of, well, maybe a week or so, two weeks, came back, and I was fortunate enough to be there in New Orleans when he was playing, mm-hmm. and he is just a different, different type of person. He is he is built different um, and and completely unique, like you said. The issue is that everyone's saying is like, well, can he stay healthy? Um, I mean, he's he's six six. I don't know what that trans uh, with his um. You know, they said he's 300 pounds. He's, I don't, when I was watching him, he wasn't that. Uh, I don't know how much that is in um, in kilos, but he um, he's a big fella. But at the same time, I think the TV, particularly when I've watched him, you know, he looks like a bigger guy. But at the same time, when you see him in person, he just looks shredded. Like he's just a, he's just a massive guy, but he doesn't look fat at all. Um, yep. I think it's hard because the amount of contact that his game style um, you know, attracts, makes it really difficult to stay healthy. The, the normal wear and tear of a 82-game season, which we're yet to see him play, um, it's going to take the toll on him. And particularly because he's so good at scoring around the basket, you just naturally just get belted every single time you attack the basket. Um, and without that uh, sustainable sort of jump shot, which we're still waiting to see. He started to do a few of the little uh, like midi fades, and he can shoot the three a bit um, until that becomes more of a staple in his uh, in his arsenal going forward. He's going to continue to get punished, and I think that's the big thing is that his body wears down, and with his second jump, the refs don't reward him quite as much as uh, you know some of the other big names that will throw the head back or or uh, stick the arms out and get the arm chopped because he still manages to finish the uh, the bucket. What I want to see from him is, well, it's cost him all NBA this year. So that's cost him about $40 million in his contract, which is nothing to poke a stick at, to say the least. Uh, Hopefully that puts a bit of fire into him to really come back again and say, I need to play a minimum, you know, know, 65, 70 games, which I think is pretty standard um, across the board now for the top level players. Uh, When... We had 29 from him this year. It's it's just not enough. So, mm. and when he is playing, you know, you're number one in the West and then all of a sudden he's out, you drop 10 in a row and we're on the outside looking in and comes down to the last game of the season to get into the, uh, you know, seventh seed, or sixth seed, uh, eighth seed, pardon me. Yeah. Uh, instead, you've got to go through the play-in and, and the rest is history. Um, for me, it, it's a mentality thing. You know, he has all the talent all the skill, all the support, everything is around him. The Pelicans are all in on him. You know, they gave him that five-year deal. But I think, you know, reading between the lines, based on our exit interviews and things like that from the other players, 
they weren't as convinced with his professionalism going forward after the second hamstring injury. I think that really knocked his confidence and and perhaps didn't take it quite as seriously. Of course, this is all conjecture and, you know, reading between yeah. the lines and things like that. And there's no actual reports on that. But, you know, you, you want to see that. He's a young guy. He's 22. He's been given 194-odd million. Nothing, uh, not bad at all for a, a guy that's played maybe a season and a half total so far. But it is going to be a mindset change and a mentality change. And he's got to dig in and say, and I suppose prove to the league that he wants this. Because if he plays and he is sustainable and can play 65 games and turns into Joel Embiid-like, uh, you know, force. And, you know, we, there's always those mirrors between those two guys because of the way yeah. Joel Embiid's season, uh, career started. You know, the Pelicans are going to be at the top of the West. They absolutely are with this guy. And um, we go as he goes. And and you could see as soon as he went out with no Brandon Ingram as he was still coming back from a foot injury, we had no chance. And you you were playing guys that wouldn't get a game on other other teams. And they were playing 35, 40 minutes a night. So it uh, it, it made it pretty difficult. And um, so what I want to see from him is is get fit, come back, and, and get hungry. You know, you've cost yourself $40 million. You might as well uh, earn the rest of it now. So that's that's yeah. the main sort of takeaways from that. Yeah, and and I think it's as you said. I mean, we all you read what you read and mm. you get on social media, and you hear that the players are doubting his commitment mm. and his all, all of that. And and I mean that's to be expected given the way the season ended. But I think if you watch, as you said, that period through November and December when they were flying high and they were mm. winning. They all looked engaged. Like they, they it was there oh, was yeah. no sort of oh, we, there, there was none of that feeling of hey, we don't trust him to, we don't. It's not like we doubt him here. He's, he's no. giving his all. Um, so I think yeah, all he's really got to do is be healthy. And as you said, standard now is sixty five games. Like, mm. So so even if you were to get sixty out of him, I think that that would be more than enough. Um, to players just well outside of a few players just don't play more than more than 65 70 games so yeah. uh 60 would be fine so we'll see we'll see how they go uh next season um so as you said you started in fantasy and now you're about to go and do sort of your own thing with the pelicans but um we lined this up based on you being in meetings so you obviously have another job so outside of the, the sporting realm, the fantasy and, and the real life um, basketball realm. What what is it that you do uh, to fill your day? Uh, so I work as a lawyer uh, in a in a yeah private company. So um, yeah, I been doing that for six years, six seven years. So uh, yeah, so that uh, takes up most of my time. But obviously, with um, you know uh, the, the pandemic changing how we work now, it's not really a you know. Uh, days long grind in in the office anymore we could work from home we have that flexibility you know if your work's done you know that's that's the goal people are all working towards the same thing to really be able to work flexibly and uh, you know respect each other's private time and things like that which I think has been a really nice shift particularly in an industry that is traditionally churn and burn and and especially with young lawyers coming through it's um it's a nice change and and it means that you know, more people are staying in the legal industry rather than, I suppose, traditionally where you either just accepted that this was your reality and that you you grinded the big hours, or um, or you left it and went and did something else. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's a, a fun job and I enjoy what I do. Uh, I don't know if it, I can speak for every lawyer that does, but, you know, for me, I, I enjoy what I do. And then basketball is, I suppose, uh, and the, the creative side with podcasting and things like that, sort of my outlet, you know, that's my yeah. that's my hobby and uh, I just do that for fun. But, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, no, no, I can, I can uh, fully relate to that. It's much, much the same here, full-time job and then the – the basketball and, and that sort of thing is, is is a hobby that's really gone too far. That's that's sort of what it is for a lot of analysts. It, it yeah. tends to to take over their lives and and I guess on that for like for me my my family's great. They're flexible. Hmm. Um, for you, like I, I've got some two, well almost two teenage kids now. Um, you have a family. You have kids. You how do, what does your sort of life look like when you're not uh, so, working at yeah. all? Uh, so for me, it's it's me and uh, and Lark who has featured heavily in on the Twitter throughout the journey, uh, particularly in our little journey around uh, the US recently. But um, yeah, so it's just us two, and and she also works flexibly. So uh, you know, she has the opportunity to to um, you know be in the office, but also work from home. So for us, we have a, a lifestyle that, that really suits, I suppose, especially operating out of the US. You know, with these hobbies, you can you can sort of fandangle different time zones and start early or start later and um and that's been uh, really rewarding for both of us to be able to i suppose watch basketball you know follow the fantasy be able to get your fantasy team in before the game start <laughs> a little bit earlier here in the morning uh than, than over east i've uh, been two hours behind but yeah um you know that um uh, besides that you know we're, we're pretty pretty cruisy and and that's been um She's a, a big champion of, of me doing this. And I think she um, she's really involved herself in the Pelicans as well now. I think uh, we don't ever watch games not together. So if, if one of us is in the in the office, it's uh, don't you look at the score. We're, uh, we're watching it when we get home. So, you know, it's um, it's uh, it's been like that. And it's really rewarding when you have your partner um, supported in, in your hobbies as well. You know, it makes it, uh, it makes it really easy and you can have conversations that both of you are interested in. So... I'm I'm pretty spoiled with that. Yeah, that that is not something I can relate to because while <laughs> while my wife is very supportive of what I do and she allows me to do it, her interest is zero. So <laughs> I can't have a conversation with her about sport or or anything to do with fantasy. So so uh, that is I, I would well based on I guess analysts I've spoken to that's somewhat unique is in that mm. your partner is so invested in it as well and happy and and. Yeah, I mean, we, as you alluded to, you went over to New Orleans, uh, what, six months ago, roughly, something yeah, like that. Yeah, January, yeah. yeah. Um, any, I guess, well, I mean, watching eye on that sort of thing, obviously there's mm. plenty of highlights there, but in terms of the time you spent in New Orleans, any anything other than going to watch the basketball, anything that sticks out as, as memorable? Yeah, well, of course, like the, the Pels, going to watch the Pels live was was you know, bucket list stuff. So it was pretty awesome. They uh, they took care of us there and uh, got to um, yeah meet Dyson Daniels in person. And, and you know, that was pretty awesome. Go uh, backstage, for want of a better, better term, after the game yeah. and, and meet him. And that was pretty pretty cool. Um, uh, New Orleans is a really great city, honestly. We spent about 11 days there, which, you know, we were um, we went to New York and then we were there and then Nashville. And this was sort of the main part of the trip. Um, particularly because of the Pels playing uh, five games in a homestand, which was which was pretty awesome. Uh, the World War II Museum there is just fantastic. I would recommend anyone that goes over there 
um, yeah, go and do that. It's really interactive and and like I'm really into history. So for me, that was that was right up my alley. The the food in New Orleans is is spectacular. Like I mean, I came back a lot heavier than when I went there, and um, it's just from eating fried chicken basically. But the seafood is really good there. Um, District Donuts is like just if you go to New Orleans. It's on Magazine Street. Go there. I'll plug them. They're not a sponsor or anything, but they are excellent. <laughs> the burgers and donuts there are top quality. Um, Magazine Street, I think, is just like one of the best places um, for shopping. New Orleans, yeah, really good for shopping. Um, heaps of like factory outlets and things. So, yeah, you can you can spend a lot of money there pretty easily. Um, but the weather as well. So we were there in the middle of winter. It was minus 14 in New York over Christmas. And then we went to New Orleans and it was 24 degrees and I was walking around in t-shirt and shorts. So it was a bit of a, a shock to the system, but it is, it's really temperate uh, climate for the most part. And the people are so welcoming. It gets a pretty bad rap, I think for, um, you know, crime and things like that. And, and you know, that's justified. It's, it's a, uh, it's got a lot of different demographics in, in, in the city, but I think that's what makes it so unique. It's not like anywhere else in the U S and um, I think if, if you're going to the U S and, and want to go and check places out, put New Orleans on the list because uh, I have a saying down there that if you love New Orleans, they'll love you back. And, and it is like that. You can walk down the street and everyone's friendly. Everyone's having fun, you know? Um, and yeah, I just, I would go back there, Tomorrow, if I could, it is, it is just such a great place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I hear from anyone that goes there, mm. that it's sort of one of those places you have to you have to go to and you have to yeah. experience it. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to, to getting over there later mm. this year. Um, yeah, excellent. Uh, so, again, away from the basketball mm. space, um, for me, it, it, movies, TV uh, are sort of something that I'm pretty passionate about. I, I watch a lot of TV. Um, I watch a lot of sport, uh, mm-hmm. but but just movies, TV shows, anything that uh, I guess you would say favourite movie or movie that you watch a lot or recent TV series, anything that stands out as as memorable in, in that space as well. Yeah. Um... Oh gosh! Um, I just went and saw Air. That was pretty good um, film about uh, Nike signing Michael Jordan. That was a pretty awesome um, movie. That's probably the most recent one that I've seen, um, and that stuck with me. I thought, just thought, even if you didn't like basketball, that's just a, a really good film. Yeah, um, I, I rate that. Um, TV show. What have I recently watched? Well, I hadn't watched House of the Dragon the Game of Thrones spin-off. So I've only just finished that. Um, only just started White Lotus as well. So I'm a bit behind on yep. all those those shows. But uh, so far, enjoying them. Um, what have I been watching? Mostly we watch sport at home. So like in a free dive, we watch a lot of that. Um, and then like Farmer Wants a Wife, which is just like excellent television. Um, <laughs> I always watch that. It's just such a wholesome show. Uh, um, I'm not going to talk about that show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's um that's probably what's sticking with me but you know that's a, a look behind the curtain otherwise we're just watching <laughs> sport you know it's it's um yeah, basketball love the netball as well watch a lot of the uh suncorp super netball it's yep. uh larks right into it i'm right into it as well it's um yeah our fever west coast fever is uh is always excellent so um yeah watch a lot of that nbl right into it as well so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know you. I know you're into the NBL and into the Wildcats. Mm, um, 
pretty one-eyed just, with that. <laughs> they've just recently made a pretty good signing. Um, they have. A French guy, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Alex Saar. Yeah. 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 Unicorn. Um, yeah. So yeah, that'll like be... going to be all right. The NBL, actually, I mean, anyone that's... Well, I don't know what, what coverage of the NBL in America. Mm. It's probably not even on. I, no, I don't right. know. No, but, but for anyone here in Australia, I think the last... Oh, I don't know, three years, two years even, the NBL has just come on in leaps and bounds yeah. um, in terms of the coverage, popularity, just basketball, I think in general, the popularity is probably higher than it's been since the mid-90s. Yeah. Um, I know that participation numbers, I mean, I'm in Canberra, you're in Perth, so we're, mm. we're opposite sides of the country, but I know the participation numbers here are really high um, and, and we're really struggling to... Um, provide kids with the facilities that they need to, I guess, pursue the, this interest. Um, but the NBL is like uh, NBA is obviously number one for me. I mm. love watching the NBA and, but I'm, I'm pretty sort of um, committed to watching at least a few NBL games every week now. Cause it's the exposures out there and the, the talent level is, is phenomenal compared to what it was five years ago. Um, no, completely Perth, agree. Perth is always up there. Um, didn't well, haven't won. Didn't win it. Uh, you haven't won for a few years now. I don't think. No, um, um, no. We. Uh, I was in the arena when the uh, I think it was thirty five years straight in the playoffs ended. Yeah. Um, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix weren't even had a chance to make the finals, but just wanted to ruin. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to ruin it for us. So it went to overtime, and Bryce Cotton missed. Uh, on a last second shot and um, I've never seen uh, the air go out of a, an arena as quickly as that. That was, um, that was yeah. devastating. But, um, yeah, but oh, look, they're just as, as a franchise, as an organization, yeah. they'll be back. Like they, they're, they're not a, an organization that's going to lie down and just sort of say, okay, we're going to rebuild in five, no. seven years. We're not, yeah. they'll, they'll be back this season, undoubtedly and competing again. So yeah, um, and I don't – well, you've said you like netball. Mm. AFL, is that something that you watch? Like I know it's, it's very big in, in Western Australia, yeah. obviously, and I love AFL. Um, is that something that you're also you, – or you enjoy watching, going to any games? Yeah, so, um, yeah, pretty one-eyed Eagles supporter, which has been uh, – the last two years without them actually playing has been really difficult. Um, because, <laughs> because they just have not shown up at all. No. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, pretty difficult to watch. But, um, you know, yeah, I've, I've played footy all my life. Um, I grew up in, in regional WA, so for me it was it was footy. I only got into basketball probably uh, 17, 16, 17, so it was pretty late to the, uh, to the, to the party. Never really played it until, yeah, I was to uh, I can be a bit less fit to play basketball than I need to be to play footy <laughs> yes, and uh, so and the body seems to uh, like me better playing basketball than footy but uh, yeah played a lot of footy up until it was about uh, until last year actually and then um, yeah so always followed along always uh, do fantasy AFL but I'm I'm not really good at it because I just don't pay enough attention I'm yeah. divided between the two sports but yeah uh, as a casual fan, yeah, I love my footy, but um, I use it more as a social, let's go to the pub to watch your football yeah. rather than, um, you know, diehard sort of, oh, I've got to be at every game and wave the flag and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, I do love my footy. And, um, yeah, good. 
Good to hear. You just got to be love, better I at love, it. Love, well, yeah, I, I played when I was young, but haven't played. And again, you if you play AFL, you just don't stop. <laughs> you just no. run and run and run yeah. and run and run. So anyone, America, Australia, if you've watched AFL, you know that it's pretty intense for two hours straight, two and a half hours straight, whatever it is. So last question before we leave, and, and this is a bit of a fantasy one. Um, yeah. Looking ahead to, to next season, we're obviously, well, when we record this, we're four, five days away from the lottery. Mm. Um, so by the time this is out, the draft may have happened. I'm not yeah. sure. Victor Wembanyama is a name that obviously everyone's talking about. Mm. Um if you were to look ahead to fantasy leagues next season uh, and thinking about drafts and that sort of thing, where where do you sort of envisage yourself being comfortable taking him? And based on hype, based on how much he's going to be talked about, where do you think that where do you think his ADP will will fall? And, and I know for most analysts, the two don't line up at all. Um, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but what I guess for you, where would you be comfortable? Or where would you like to be able to get him? Where do you think you will have to reach to get him? Oh, if I could get him in the hundreds, that would be perfect. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it might be wishful thinking. Um, you know, I, I I agree that I think the ADP is going to force him. You know, I think he could get top. I want to be conservative. I think he could make top thirty purely on ADP. He could probably be higher because. The hype surrounding this guy, um, you know, and this is just, I've just been in standard redraft. I, th- I think yeah. people will jump at him and, you know, oh, you know, he's going to be the focal point of whatever team he goes to, which is which is going to be true. Um, I would be comfortable taking him as a flyer, maybe in the fourth, fifth round, depending how the team's looking. If I've, if I've really nailed my first couple of picks, I, I, would, I would take a flyer on him. I think he's going to have a, a good season. I think he's going to be... Uh, I've watched a fair bit of him um, just throughout the year because there was a chance at the start of the season that we were going to get the Lakers pick swap yep. and they were really bad. And so we were hoping we could pair Wemby with uh, with Zion. We have, uh, you know, a 0.5% per chance, uh, <laughs> chance to get number one pick this year. So, you know, if there's a chance, there's a chance. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think... That's where I'd be comfortable, maybe even later. You know, I don't draft rookies typically in, in fantasy, whether they're the top guys or not, uh, unless they're uh, can't miss, you know, yeah. further down uh, the line. But it's uh, it's a tricky one. But I think his ADP is going to be way higher than that. I think there's in every league that I play, and someone will go, Yeah, I'm taking him, and someone will take him in the top 15, you know, which is going to be outrageous. Yeah, I think mo- most analysts are sort of. Um sort of hoping that he'll fall to third round, fourth mm. round. So sort of around 30, 35, yeah. something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, consensus in terms of his ADP is that it will be much higher than that. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, a little bit will depend on summer league and preseason and that sort of thing. So yeah. I think his ADP is probably going to open in a, at about 20. Uh, like Oof. I think right out of the bat, I reckon people yeah. will take him in the second round. Um, but if he if he shows out in preseason mm-hmm. um, and just does what we sort of think he might do, um, yeah. then I think by the time peak draft season hits, sort of mid October, yeah, it could be I don't know. I don't think his ADP will be first round, but mm. I, I can I can 
almost guarantee that people will reach into the first yeah. round to get him um, in, in some situations. So it's going to be pretty wild. Um, on the, I guess if that is happening in your league, though, you have to sort of look at the positives and say, well, I'm probably not going to get him, but that means players are falling. There's, there's other yeah. guys that are, are locks to be sort of top 15 players who you might be able to get at pick 20 or 25. So um, it's going to be a very interesting draft season. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so we'll see. So, um, yeah, look, that that I think that will probably do it. Uh, that was a bang on half an hour. That's about what what I'm looking at with most analysts. Um, before I let you go, people can can obviously follow you on Twitter, and and you'll be um, tweeting out and promoting whatever your show looks like. And <laughs> by the time this comes out, you may have yeah. started that. So, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, so currently, you can find me at Lyle Swithenbank. Uh, yeah, so just my name, but with an ad at the front. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the only place that I am at the moment. Uh, you can go and listen to old episodes of uh, the Sports Ethos Pelicans, but uh, I did a very emotional wrap-up in the last one if you want to go and listen to a guy cry. No, I didn't cry. Really. No crying. But, um, no, not this time. No, that was when Zion got injured. But um, we... <laughs> um, Otherwise, yeah, thanks very much for having me. It's been fantastic and, uh, yeah, love the show and love all you're doing over at, uh, at FBI. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, we're Yeah, we're, we're chipping away. We're trying to get more content out. So uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of that content at fbibasketball.com. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, go and subscribe, like, all of that sort of stuff we, as we try to build our fan base. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.